0: The Book of the Dead My Experience with Ethan, from Tori. When I was younger, I was on a field trip at Stan Hewitt, a famous mansion in Akron, Ohio. During the tour, I saw a shadowy man. The more I noticed him, the more detailed I could see him. My little child brain didn't care much, and I moved on. Later that week, I had the most vivid dream of my life. It was about a man with tired, dark eyes wearing a black t shirt with short sleeves, black jean pants, and black combat boots. The man was trying to kill me. Being a fourth grader, I was horrified and assumed this man was bad. I remember not sleeping the rest of that night and feeling watched. Months passed with no activity until my mom's slippers went missing. Understand, we lived in a very small house at the time, just her and I with two cats. The upstairs was her room, a small walkway that connected to the stairs, and my room. In my room, there were no closet doors, enough room for my twin-size bed nightstand and the built-in shelf on the wall near my closet. That's it. My mom usually kept her slippers in her closet. One day, they just weren't there. We assumed the cats took them, Maybe a week later, and with rigorous searching, no slippers were found. I came home from school and was in my room changing. On the way in I had looked at my shelves and found nothing out of the ordinary, but when I finished changing and stepped back towards the bed, I noticed my mom's slippers sitting perfectly together on the third shelf. My child's mind was absolutely baffled. How did they get there? I didn't put them there, my mom didn't put them there and even if my cats did somehow drag two heavy slippers into the second highest shelf in the house, there was little to no way they could be positioned so neatly. I took the fortunate finding and moved on, trying not to think about it, though I didn't sleep as well in that room anymore. Right before we moved out of that house, I started seeing a shadow man everywhere we went. My mother and I stayed in my aunt's condo for a while, and I had more dreams there about this strange and scary man. But then we moved into our current house, in fifth grade, and things got serious. The house was haunted already. I mean, the first night we stayed there, I was with my mom in her room, and we both heard a woman singing. For a while, the activity was pretty low. We would hear the occasional conversation just out of earshot, things would move mysteriously, and of course the singing woman I've just mentioned, but we'd lived in much worse haunted locations before. About two or three months after living here, I had a life-changing experience that would forever affect my view of the paranormal. I had taken the bus home one day and was alone at the house. I was upstairs getting out of my uniform when I saw him in the hallway. The man I had seen at Stan Hewitt. The man in that dream. I wasn't afraid though. I actually yelled that I wasn't afraid and he could fuck off and gave him the bird. I felt proud as he disappeared and I scampered tail between my legs downstairs. That night I would have the second most vivid dream of my life. I was sitting next to a man on a blue bridge. We were on the dividers and cars were driving past. The man looked up and sighed, then he arose and ran full speed across the lanes and jumped off the bridge. I was absolutely shocked. Then the dream replayed and replayed and replayed. This awful cycle kept up for what felt like hours. I was screaming and crying for him to stop. I eventually grabbed his arm and told him to please, please stop. He didn't need to jump. He looked down at me as if I was a ghost. He was genuinely shocked to see me. The moment I looked right at his face, he had an expression I'll never forget. I was snapped awake. I looked to my right, and there he was, sitting cross-legged and morose, looking at me. The amount of emotion I felt in that moment was immense. Then, for the first time ever, I heard his voice. It sounded almost like Brennan's, but a little bit higher. Less forceful and with an Ohio accent. He said one word. Ethan. Then he was gone. I was crying and screamed for my mom. She came rushing in and asked what was wrong, and well, I didn't tell her until a few days later. The final Ethan dream I would have for a while spent at Ethan and I together. I dreamed I was at a party, but everything was washed over gray. It was a fancy party, and I was severely underdressed. I would walk up to people to ask where I was, but I couldn't touch them, and they couldn't hear me. Every failed attempt I felt darker and more oppressed. Finally, after eternity passed, I woke up. This was the second time I heard Ethan speak. This is my hell, he said, and I watched him walk across my room and shut the door. I didn't sleep the rest of the night. After that, I would see Ethan constantly. In the hallway at school or in my house, in the backseat of my mom's car. He would fuck with my cats and touch guests and my mom's hair. He was everywhere. But this didn't feel bad. I actually would consider Ethan a friend, as strange as that sounds. Ethan was there for me, through the good and the bad. In the worst year of my life, sixth grade, I was being borderline abused by someone who I thought was a friend. She would yank braids out of my hair, mock me for my red skin, call me a wicked witch because of the mole on my nose, and tell me she was going to hang me by the braids on her banister she was fucking deranged. During that year, at some of my lowest points, I would feel Ethan sitting next to me or grabbing my arm, much like what I did to him in that dream. Ethan felt like a really good friend, and I honestly don't know why I ever thought he was bad. The last story I'm going to tell you, I have hundreds, is about the time my mom's friend came over for dinner. She was interested in, but still scared of, the paranormal, so I told her all about Ethan. During that dinner, a magazine was pushed off the kitchen counter, and Mom's friend was convinced. Later, in her hotel room, she was in Ohio for business during the day, she felt unease while going to bed and was awoken by a man's voice and saw Ethan sitting in her room. She got freaked out, and he smiled at her, then disappeared. He could be a bit of a shithead at times, and he did like to mess with people. After almost four years of my spiritual friend, one day I saw Ethan near the front door. When you sit at the table in my kitchen, you get a clear shot of the door. Ethan and I made eye contact, and he smiled at me, and he was gone. Completely gone. I was hit with a sadness I can't even describe. It lasted for days and sent me into a short depression. I felt Ethan's spirit leave, and I could tell he was gone for real. Whatever Ethan had to do on this earth was finished. Even writing this, I feel an awful sadness that makes me want to cry. When Ethan left, I felt a piece of me being ripped away. A year or so went by, and I still thought of Ethan all the time. Then I got mono out of nowhere and felt like death. The mono killed my tonsils, and I had to get them removed. At 14, I had to get surgery, and the surgery had bad complications. The nurse or whoever did the suction caught my uvula in it and sucked it up. My uvula swelled so massively I was in the hospital the next day with IV steroids to try and reduce that swelling, because I couldn't swallow my spit, and I was at risk for my breathing to go next. Right before I fell asleep under the anesthesia, I felt a familiar presence, and when I got out of surgery and was being wheeled out of the operating room, I heard a familiar man's voice say, sit up. I did. Fresh out of anesthesia, I grabbed the sides of my bed and tried to sit up. The nurses pushed me down and told me to lay down but I was filled with a passion. Eventually I rested back down and fell asleep. When I awoke again, I saw a nurse tapping away at a computer and Ethan leaning against the wall across from my bed. When I was being driven home, I saw him in the back seat, and as I lay there on the couch in horrible pain from that suction-happy idiot, I would see flashes of Ethan standing there, or sitting on the arm. I have so many ghost stories from the house I've lived in, but Ethan, Ethan I've loved the most. Believe, from Delaney About three years ago, I had an event happen to me that made me believe in the paranormal. Here's what happened. It was late April and I had just gone through a breakup with my first serious boyfriend at the time. He had bought me a light bar for my Chevy a few weeks prior. I was worried he would try to come take it back, so I called up my friend Sam to let me use his barn to install the light bar. Can't take something that's already installed, right? So skipping forward, we're both enjoying the breeze going through the barn while we were installing the light bar. We had opened both big doors on either side to keep us cool. Sam lived in the river bottoms, so there were very few trees around. It's an extremely beautiful but flat landscape to look out on. Sam said he was going to run into the house to get some sodas for us. His house was a good distance away, so it took him a while to get inside. At this point, the breeze died down, and I was bending the metal brackets when all of a sudden, from the other side of the open barn door, I heard something that made me freeze right where I was. I heard a young child's voice crying and muttering something that sounded like, please no, in the most horrified voice. She was clearly scared for her life. I continued to hear her cry for a few more seconds. Then, I heard the deepest and most evil-sounding voice mutter something I couldn't understand. Then her cries turned into a crying scream. I could hear my heart pounding because I was so confused by what I'd heard, especially because the nearest house is about a mile down the road. I grabbed the biggest wrench next to me and turned to the corner to face whoever was there, but the moment I did, the crying and talking stopped. No one was there. I ran around the barn looking to see if they had run off, but again, no one. And there were no trees to hide behind. I was beyond scared. Sam returned with our drinks. He looked at me and said, Hey, you okay? You look pale. I then told him everything I had just heard. I was expecting him to be surprised or horrified. Instead, his response was, "Damn it, Delaney, I'm so jealous. You're the third friend of mine to tell me exactly the same story. I've lived here my whole life and never got to hear or see anything like that. We both laughed, partially from shock and just because his reaction was so unexpected. I hadn't believed in ghosts until that day. Later on, I did some research to see if anything horrible had ever happened there. And yes, it had. In 1960, an 11-year-old girl was abducted right off the street while she was headed to the store. She went alone, so no one knew what had happened to her. Later on, her body parts were found scattered throughout the river bottoms in the exact area of Sam's property. A man later confessed to the crime, and a few years after that, he died in prison. I can't help but wonder if it was their voices I heard. Her fearful voice will always haunt me. Shadow in my apartment. From Tessa. I haven't had a ton of paranormal experiences in my life, but the ones I had in my old apartment were definitely unexplainable and strange. A little over a year ago, in May 2018, my husband and I moved into our first apartment as newlyweds. This apartment was really just the upstairs of an older house in Elgin, Illinois. The landlords that owned the property lived underneath us, and we had separate entrances. Now, this house was located in an old part of Elgin, and was built in the late 1800s. You see, I never believed that the age of the house was enough reason for a house to be affected by the paranormal, but I don't think it helped. Another interesting insight was that the house was located only a couple blocks away from a famously haunted park called Grant Park, where an old gravesite used to be located. Like the house's age, I don't know if being near this famous haunted site had anything to do with my experiences, but I thought I'd throw that out there. Anyway, the first couple of months in the apartment seemed normal. Like any new living space, there is an adjusting period, but that was expected. Around September of that year was when things started to feel strange. It was never anything crazy, but just enough for me to notice. I would sit in my kitchen on several occasions and, in the corner of my eye, see a shadow walk past in the hallway like it was going from the front entrance into the living room. Like most people, I tried to write it off as maybe shadows from cars passing by outside or anything else really, but they never matched up. It almost seemed as if someone was going through their routine of coming upstairs to a bedroom as if the house was one big house again, and not two separate apartments. This would happen often, and leave my hair standing on end. But, like any normal person, I chose to ignore it. One night, my friend Hannah decided to come over for a visit, and we were sitting at the kitchen table. After sitting and visiting for a bit, she asked me out of nowhere, Did someone just walk by? I pressed her a little more, but for what she meant, only to have her respond, uh, From the front door into the living room. Is there anyone else home? all I could respond with was, Oh, good, you've seen it too. It's harder to write things off when other people start noticing. She quickly shut me down and didn't want to talk about it anymore, so that was it for the remainder of the night. But it was nice knowing I wasn't the only person. As time went by, I just chose to ignore whatever was happening, but I never truly felt alone in that apartment. It really didn't bother me until I started having trouble sleeping. I would go to bed with no issues, but would wake up suddenly with a heavy feeling on my chest, and a sudden feeling of panic would arise, only for me to wake to a shadow in the corner of the room. I couldn't detect an actual face, but there was no doubt it was a figure of a person. Once again, that was my cue to ignore it and pretend like it wasn't there and fight my way back to sleep. The strangeness just continued though, and I had another one of my friends notice some of these things. My friend Casey was staying the weekend with us from out of town, and we had to go to work one day leaving her in the apartment by herself. I had never told her any of my previous experiences, so what she told me at the end of the day gave me even more reason to believe that what I was experiencing was real. Casey had asked me if I'd seen shadows moving in my apartment before, and I confirmed what she was telling me. She said she would sit in the living room or kitchen and see shadows moving in the corner of her eyes. She also told me that the front door had opened and closed on one occasion, making her think we were home only to realize she was still alone. One thing she said really creeped me out, and that was when she told me that on the previous night, she tried falling asleep, but felt as if someone was sitting on her feet at the edge of the bed. She peeked up to look and saw a shadowy figure of a person. Her description, a figure with no face, matched my own. Again, it was nice not to be the only one experiencing this, but it was still creepy as hell. We no longer live in that old apartment, and I can't say I miss it all too much. I really don't miss waking up in a panic and seeing shadow figures, and I can't say I miss feeling like I was constantly seeing things. My stories might not be super exciting, but these were just some of my experiences with what I would define as paranormal, and I still cannot explain any of it to this day.